Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. This is the part where Kate talk and Betsy can't talk because she doesn't have a voice to talk with. I don't really have a she voice. She doesn't have a voice to talk with. And this is kind of weird because it's a podcast and that is what you do. It's what you do. Um, I can sing a lovely rendition of Old Man River. Yep. You got the whole Kathleen. Old Man River. It doesn't, it doesn't work with me. I probably shouldn't do that. Yeah. Well, anything Kathleen Turner has ever said, you could probably... Uh... I can't think of anything she said that wasn't on that Simpsons episode. Oh, I guess it's Jessica Rabbit. That was her? Yeah. 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 I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. There, there you go. go. There yeah. you go. So, folks, as you may have noticed, uh, well, two things. One, we haven't been podcasting lately. True. Um, there were reasons for that. Yeah. Uh, well. Well, the first week, it was just because we were lazy. Yeah. Uh, but the second week, it was because you were sick. I was sick. Yeah. I lost my voice. Yeah. And then... And who'd you, who'd you give that little germ to, Well, Kate? except I had, a, I had the thing that's going around where it's a super scratchy throat and it hurts to swallow, and, uh, and it ruined uh, Father's Day. But you, it did ruin Father's Day. You don't have a scratchy... I still blame pain. you. Okay. I wasn't I sick. And so, yeah, so I got uh, the runny nose before the American Library Association convention, which was recently held in New Orleans, which we both went to. Yes. And in the course of going between highly air-conditioned conference centers and... And a heat advisory heat, outside. A heat, an actual, honest-to-goodness... <laughs> heat advisory and going to cocktail parties where loud music was playing and i had to yell quite a lot over the music of i lost my freaking voice yeah and when it came back i sounded like this okay you're getting yeah. weird now <laughs> it's amazing okay all right i just want to hum Mm. It sounds terrible. That actually sounds terrible. And you got past the weird point. And it just went went into awkward territory. So many things happened while we were in New Orleans. We'll we'll get to that uh, a little a little later. One thing that did happen though that I I do want to mention because it does play into this week's book. Um, There was a big reveal that happened where they changed the name of, of an award. Yes. There was a, uh, well, it was a, an award for sort of lifetime achievement of children's literature. It was called the Laura Ingalls Wilder Award. And um, many have pointed out that it's a somewhat complicated person to name a lifetime achievement award after. And why don't we just rename it so that we don't have, because really the, the award is for the recipients. It's not for the person that's named after. It's one of those weird cases where like, the award is named after the first person who got it, hmm. which is not usually the case with awards. Yeah, and it's controversial because of her uh, writings about American Indians. Not just I mean, American. I mean, there were also 
you know, Pa wears blackface at one point. There's a, there's a whole lot of stuff going on. and So a whole bunch of racist stuff. Well, sure. And, uh, and so they wanted to rename it because they wanted to dissociate themselves from someone who was a racist? Well, actually, I mean, it, Wendy McClure, uh, who was on the Twitter, had a very good thread uh, about all of this. And, and basically just said, you know, look, um, Wilder's legacy is, is complicated. The last place you want to be discussing is when you've just won a major award. It would be awkward if, say, a uh, Native person were to win this award. Like, oh, you won the Wilder Award. Well, isn't that fun for them? And so, you know, it, it's not. It, it will have always have been called the Wilder Award. It's not taking that away. It, she, she, we're not taking the award away from We're not banning her books. We're just renaming the award, and which makes sense. Um, but it got me thinking about childhood classics because this became a huge news story it's fox news and everybody picked up on this and people have been constantly like just jibber jabbering about it left right and central and uh a lot of people are really steeped in the nostalgia of the books that they read as children and i'm like well i'm kind of interested in doing a childhood classic that does not come up very often but that is steeped in childhood nostalgia for many people and has a complicated history as well. We should do a picture book like that. Okay. But not Laura Ingalls Wilder. Not Little House on the Prairie? That's what yeah. she did, right? Yes, I have set aside six hours for you to read the entire book to yourself <laughs> was, and take copious notes. I was going to say, I don't think that's a picture book. I think we're going to finish by tomorrow morning. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm okay. Thanks, thanks I'll so. nap. You read. Uh, isn't that like a... Young adult novel? No, it's a children's book. But Straight it's not a up. picture book. No, it's not a picture book. Okay. It's a chapter book. And that's what we do here. And we do picture books. Only. You lucky duck. Yes. And speaking of ducks, here's the book. Oh, the story about me. Have you ever read it? I think I did as a kid, because it's sort of... It's kind of familiar, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's something about it that seems familiar, but... But you're not quite sure. No. It looks so sweet, doesn't it? Little ducky? I don't know. It's called Ping, so I'm already like... Your little your little sensors have gone up? Kind of. They're like, beep, 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 beep. I mean... What could it, possibly go is wrong? Is this going to go down like the ticky ticky tembo road? Not exactly. It's it's definitely the same um, byway, <laughs> but it's it's a different road entirely. It's it's it, There's a whole bunch of other stuff to talk about. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Enjoy. While Kate does her read, let's talk about the illustrator of this book. Kurt, I'm going to go with Weiss. Probably wrong. Perhaps it's Weiss. That would make more sense. After all, he was born in Germany in 1887. Now, Weiss actually lived and traveled in China for six years, selling merchandise as a young man. After the outbreak of World War I, remember this book came out in 1933, he was captured by the Japanese and turned over to the British. And he spent five years as a prisoner, most of them in Australia, where he got kind of interested in animals. And then after his release, he returned to Germany, but the economy was terrible, hence World War II. Uh, so he moved to Brazil. Then he began illustrating in Brazil. And in 1927, he moved to the United States. And his big hit, his big breakout hit, was that he did the illustrations for a little novel by a guy named Felix Salton called Bambi in 1929, and that sort of, that sort of made his star fly high. Hello. Hi. You're back. You know what, you should start it with uh, Adele's hello. I can't sing. You should have heard my rendition of Puff the Magic Dragon last night. 
Puff sounded real sick. <laughs> Puff just... Puff <laughs> magic dragon. It's not good. It's not good. So no. Uh, and, and no. So okay. hey, you, you read a book there. I did read a book. <laughs> the story about Ping. Which I cannot remember that, you know, looking it up in my library catalog, I kept thinking it was the story of Ping. It should be the story of Ping. Well, it's the story about <clears throat> Ping. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It makes it real hard to find. Let me tell you that. Who is on a boat with his mother and father and two sisters, three brothers, 11 aunts, seven uncles, and 42 cousins. <clears throat> First question, what happened to the rest of the uncles? Why are there 11 <laughs> aunts and seven uncles? Uncles are tastier. I, oh. I'm just oh, saying. Oh, maybe they were fatter and bigger and they, mm-hmm. oh. As soon as I read that, though, I was like, 11 <clears throat> aunts, 7 uncles. Look, you only need one There's uncle. There's a story there. You only need one uncle to make more of. But we know Cousins, where they're so. located. They're <clears throat> in China. Yes. Because they're on the Yangtze River. And, okay, and it even says where in China, which is a little rare. It actually says a, a, a river. All right. Yep. So far, so good. And uh, and we can also see by some of the, the houses <clears throat> in the background uh, that it's... Most likely somewhere in Asia, but they yes, specifically said but they, the they said River. China. They said very clearly China. So you have this pet peeve about having a sentence run over into the next page that you have. To, I do. You have to flip I the do. page, and I feel like this may even be a a time thing. Maybe they did this more in the past. I don't know, but it, it bugs me. Well, it's happened in this book so many times <laughs> to the point where I was like, okay. No, I kind of get it. I kind of get how you hate it because by the how are you supposed to read that aloud? Like if you're reading that aloud and you'd be like, and uh, and yeah. But but in the evening, as the sunset, see that's the worst. worst. That is the worst. I mean, imagine you're like speaking to a bunch of kids and you have to go like, and then you have to get to the other page. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, There's another one here (laughs) where um, so Ping is with his family and. and during the day, uh, they get off the boat, they swim around in the water, and then at night, the boat owner says, la, 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 Lee. Sure. Uh, yep. I don't know. <clears throat> and somehow the ducks all know to get back on the boat. Yeah, these are very smart ducks. Well, Ping was uh, trying to get some fish under the water, mm-hmm. didn't hear the call, and knew that if he got back to the boat in time, he would get spanked. If he didn't get back to the boat in time, he'd be spanked. No, he, if he got, if he was the last one getting oh. on the boat, he would get spanked. So that's what happens to the last. So why get on the boat? Exactly. Why I mean, get on why the not boat? just why not just miss the boat? That's exactly what he did. He All missed right. the boat because he didn't want to get spanked. That so makes sense to me. I'm I'm on his team so far. Yep. So all night <clears> long, <throat> Ping slept near the grass. What advantage is there to this boat? Uh, I guess you, you don't get, get eaten. Your, well, you get to be with your family, and maybe so. they feed you there. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if they can support however many, like 50 ducks, right. I mean, so right. So all night long, he sleeps near the grasses on the bank of the river with his head tucked under his wing, and when the sun rose up from the east, Ping found <laughs> he was all Are alone. Are we annoyed yet? Yeah. That's only, that's only the second one. Yeah. Um, so he was all alone. So at this point, I'm actually looking at the drawings of, he's surrounded by a bunch of boats, and yeah. I'm like... Oh, this is colored pencil. Yeah. Isn't that I don't lovely? think we've ever done a book that's colored pencil, have we? I oh, mean, ask was, me a hard question. Heather Has Two Mommies was pencil, but yeah. 
But the original was not colored. Right. Oh, uh, um, I think there, I can name maybe one. I'm pretty sure Love You Forever may have been colored pencil. Um, At least the American version. Gotcha. We've never seen the Canadian. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting... That's my suspicion. This is an interesting technique because it's both colored pencil mm-hmm. and I would assume some pen. sort of pen. Yeah, yeah pen outlines. Uh, because there's some very thick black lines mm-hmm. here. Um, so he's, he's by himself. He's on the river. He notices this boat with big black birds that are fish hunters. Do they name them? They're just um, dark... Fishing birds. I think they're cormorants. Well, whatever they are, they're being tortured. Aw, how? Uh, there are, it says, Now Ping could see shining rings around their necks, rings of metal made so tight, the birds could never swallow the big fish that they were catching. Isn't that awful? That's, you know, that's probably been done. Yeah. It never I mean, would occur to me. Yeah, but, yeah. so the, the fisherman has these birds. The birds go out. They get, they get the, the fish. fish. They can't eat the fish, so they give it back to the master, right. who then feeds them a very little bit as a reward. Huh. I'm like, that is torture. That's huh. animal cruelty. Yeah, and it's in a children's book. Yep. That's a little weird, isn't it's it? It's a little dark. Oh, but don't worry. It gets weirder. Oh, good. So... So we get to Ping, who dives underneath the water, away from these um, black fishing birds. And he comes up, and he sees a boat that has a trail of crumbs following it. So he, he's hungry. He starts eating the crumbs. Ducks love bread. Then he comes upon a boy. A boy with a barrel on his back. Sure. But I'm looking at this boy, who is feeding this duck. He grabs the duck. Then his family pulls the boy from the barrel on his back mm-hmm. and bring him onto the boat where the father says, Oh, look, you caught a duck. We're going to have it for dinner. Well, that's a logical thing to do with a duck. That's, that's what I thought. Duck is delicious. I was like, okay, so they're going to eat the duck. That's why they had the boy in the water, and, as far as I know. And that's, that's why they dropped the bread. And then that's the end of Ping. Oh, wow. That was a short story. No. <laughs> Wow. That's, uh, that's how I thought it was. That's a tragic... Uh, I was like... Um, moral of the story, kids. Don't eat bread. Yeah. 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 It, it, I was like, wow, this this definitely took a turn. Yeah, that certainly did. We got animal cruelty and then eating eating animals. To be fair, we do that a lot. Yeah, that's true. At least I do. Um, but the boy decides, no, he's too beautiful to be dinner, so he slips the, him into the water and ping... Quacks away as fast as he can. Well, that boy is going to have to harden up. I mean, come on. Well, I... He was just dumped in the water with a barrel on his back. It is a little... Time. He is a much smaller duck compared to the other That's ducks. That's true. I don't think... He, yeah, Ping could not feed... He's just a That was a lot of people on that boat, and he's not going to be able to feed them. Yeah, he's just a little duckling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, he sees his family um, actually getting back on the boat, yep. and he's like, oh, if I get there... I'm going to get spanked because I'm going to be the last one getting on the boat. But he decides it's worth it. It's worth the spanking. It's worth the spanking. It's worth the pain. To get on the boat to be with his family. Yeah. And the moral of the story is get spanked or get eaten. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Am I I killing you slowly? I did not see that one coming. I know. No one else did either. Apparently not. I saw on the very back of the book that the illustrator. Mm, Kurt Weiss. Yeah, he 
lived in China. For six years. Yeah. And he also wrote and illustrated a book, You Can Write Chinese. Which... Yeah, he did. He did. I forgot about that one. And I was going to mention another book. Did they mention... Fish in the Air? No. Well, he says the, both the, those the... stories were named Caldecott Honors. Yeah. No, he was winning Caldecott <laughs> Honors left, right, and central back in the day. The Seven Chinese Brothers is probably what he's most remembered for, though the art is night and day different from the art in Ping. So let's talk a little about the art in Ping. So this is pretty realistic art. Yeah. I mean, it it it, it does... It, it At this time, generally speaking, this book came out in 1933. If you wrote a book that had uh, people of Asian ancestry in 1933, you did the buck teeth, you did the yeah. squinty eyes, and yeah. you did the yellow skin. That right. was just... And so in The Seven Chinese Brothers... Another book he did. Straight up, that's what he did. He did the yellowish, yellow, yellow skin and the very slanty eyes and the whole thing. In comparison, this book, unfortunately, is a little... And I think I would love to test this. This edition that you are holding in your hand. Let me see when this came out. Because I suspect they've tweaked the colors. Yeah, I, I believe, the... in the originally, that these people were yellow. Straight up like yellow. Yeah, I noticed that these um the the skin tone is it's got speckles of yellow, red um like this. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so this is um the 60th printing. It does not wow. say what year they came out. 60th. The 60th printing. printing. I it does say that um it was renewed in 1961 as a copyright. So we know at least it's after 1961. But at some point, I believe these people on the boat were all just straight up yellow. And that at some point they were like, yeah, let's maybe not do that. Because honestly, the depiction is not particularly characteristically historically racist. They're just people's fishing. They want to eat some ducks. This makes perfect sense. And There's I imagine nothing... that they kind of have this red tone because they've been out in the sun. Yeah, they've been in the sun. Like right. you would have a little red tone too. <clears throat> and, you know, he did live in China for a long period of time. Um... You know, he, he's rendering the boats, he's the baskets, the clothing as accurately as he possibly can. Mm -hmm. um, but this is not to say there isn't the occasional still yellow person. So if you take out the yellow, it becomes less offensive. But there is, unfortunately, that tint of yellow, which yeah. is real. Yeah, right there on the boat. Yeah, yeah it's the, just like really seeing the boy in yeah, the water. Even in this edition. It's like, if you just color, just change the color a little bit, you know, yeah. there's not like the offensive speech patterns that you see in a lot of these books from the time. Well, yeah, um, the, it's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not excusing it. I'm not saying this is like, wow, this book is totally like woke. Like, no. Um, I'm just saying that I'm for- I'm sorry, did you just say woke? Yeah, I tried to slip it in there and you wouldn't notice. No, I noticed. Shoot. Okay. <laughs> woke. Fine. What are you? you, like you so you can it, you or can you say that this book in 1933, pre World War II, uh, is ahead of its time in terms of its depictions of people from other lands? I think it is ahead of its time. Is it behind its time today? Yeah, of course. It's definitely a product of its time. Now, what would you say is the number one thing people object to in this book? Um, the choking birds. No, choking birds. A okay. Two thumbs up. Hmm. The main character is going to get eaten. No, but you're on the right track. Yeah. Worse than getting eaten. Corporal punishment, baby. He gets spanked. We don't spank people these days. What? He gets spanked. 
Okay. I cannot show this book to my child when there's a character getting freaking spanked. No, no, no. The, did you not remember the moral that I said? The, the moral, moral is, is don't get spanked. No, yes. the moral is get spanked. That's true. Or get eaten. Well, see, there you go. We are anti-corporal so punishment. Therefore, we, we want spanking bad. We want spank. No, no. Bank, spanking bad. No, spank good. Spank no good. Eating bad. <laughs> eating. Because <laughs> right? you, you, want, you don't want to die. No, I'm, I hear you. I see you. I hear you. Uh, but what people object to with this book. That is so. Is, this, is, the, is the spanking. That is. Like the lonely doll all over again. Okay, well People that, don't with the spanking. Oh my gosh. These pink doesn't have like frilly underwear. It's it's not so much a spank really. Like and the the It's dog, more like a whip. Well the no the he's got a whip. Okay, wait, hold on. He because he specifically says here never mind. I thought he I thought they said a different word. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure it's spanked. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's spanked. The word spanked is used Because kids get spankings. Well, at least they used to. Yeah. Back when that was just the norm. Yeah, and it does use the word spank right. more than once. You know, I've actually had to explain to my children what a spanking is. Really? Because it comes up in children's books. Ooh, and, and they're even... like, what's a spanking? And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, in the old days, you used to hit a kid on the butt. Uh, um, best case scenario to uh, punish them. And they're like, that sounds horrible. I'm like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I then mean, the word spank right there is like in all cap letters, right? Yeah, yeah. Spank. And, well, that's because that's the uh, the, the the sound effects. And, and spank came the spank on Pink's The back. spank went the spank. Spank, spank came the spank. That's that's good writing there. <laughs> you, really, you really put your heart and soul in there. <laughs> All right, so my this book is like a test case for me because I was like, okay, so this book, it did not come up on my top 100 picture books poll, like at all. That's probably for the best. Yeah, oh, I would agree. Yeah. But um, I was curious. I was like, oh, is it forgotten? No, I don't think See, it's you remember the cover, and I was like, well, how do you determine if something has been forgotten or not? Well, you go to Amazon.com, and you're like, how many recent reviews of this book are there? And are they positive or are they negative? There were a ton of recent reviews and they were all positive, pretty much. Like yeah. there was once in a while, there was one who was like, I don't really like it, but I don't know why. And then they wouldn't explain it. But generally, all the way positive, which is fascinating in and of itself. Um, because it used to be a bigger hit. It clearly used to be a bigger hit. Um, it used to be read on Captain Kangaroo all the time. Uh, it was on Howdy Doody. Sherry Lewis's sock puppet Lamb Chop played the role of Ping once. I'm sure that was, uh... Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Let's hmm. not think too hard about that. Okay. Sesame Street, this one kills me. Sesame Street had an animated version that ran in the 1970s. I have never seen that. I've seen tons of old Sesame Street. Never saw that one. Huh. Is it on YouTube? Uh, we're going to look it up. Okay. If it's on YouTube, I will put it in the show notes. I promise <laughs> people that. And here's... I have no memory of this. I've watched a lot of Louis, okay? Before the whole Louis C.K. Me Sexual too. harassment. Me yeah. too bit, yeah. And it says it served as an important plot point on the season three finale of Louis, in which Louis gives his daughter a copy of the book for Christmas. I have no memory of this at all. I know he hates Clifford. Oh, he hates Clifford so much. But, uh, yeah, I so I have no idea. It's still in print. It's in paperback. It's still in print. What is... What? what 
I, is this one of those books that... Well, here's the thing. It's not like an easy reader book, right? Right. No, it, it's got a lot of text. Yeah, it's not a book uh, that has a moral. Um, I think don't. I think the moral is supposed to be don't slough off your duties, and don't do what's don't go for what's easy when you should do what's hard but right. Right, because he's supposed to get on that boat, and he's like, I don't get spanked, so I'm just gonna like chill out here. He's like Pinocchio, right? And then he gets like almost eaten as a result of that crime. And so he learns his lesson, gets back on the boat, and gets spanked. So the moral of the story is do what you're supposed to do? Yes. That's how I take it. Well, okay, I guess. Isn't there a better way to explain it? Oh, yes. It? Oh, yes. <laughs> no, this is a very roundabout lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, who says all picture books need to have a lesson? They don't all have to have a lesson. Well, I was going to say, if it doesn't have a lesson, right. and it's not an easy reader, right. what is the point of it? Uh, ducks are cute. <laughs> ducks are cute. This is older than... Okay, wait. I might have to fact check myself, but I'm pretty sure this is older than Make Way for Ducklings. Through the miracle of technology, I have learned that this book did indeed come out before Make Way for Ducklings, which was 1941. Okay. So this came out in 1933, so uh, I don't remember what my point was for I that. I don't know what your point was either. My point was that ducks are cute, I oh, believe, that's right. and I think it stands. Sure. Ducks are cute. <laughs> but there's other duck books out there, right? Uh, these days? Oh my gosh, yes. There you go. Okay, so... Well, that's the thing. It did not appear in Anita Silvey's Book a Day Almanac. There's not a single contemporary collection of best children's books that I've found that has this book in it. So how is it still popular? Because of nostalgia. People remember reading it, and then they read it to their own kids. This goes back to the whole Laura Ingalls Wilder debate right now, where people are up in arms because of the name of an award they never heard of just got changed. They're like, but I remember <laughs> reading it as a kid. Therefore, it is good. I did a lot of things as a kid that turned out to just be terrible. There was a lot of television I watched. I'm not going around to people being like, Space Ghost is the greatest television program of all time, and how dare you? What is Space Ghost? Don't you remember Space... No, no. you were too young. It was a Hanna-Barbera cartoon about um, kind of like a superhero in outer space with these uh, girl twins and a space monkey. Anyway. It wasn't a very good show. My point is, it wasn't a very good show, and just because you read it or loved it as a kid doesn't mean necessarily it was any good. Right. Um, I'm just going to say this one more thing here. The LA Times book critic David L. Olm, um did a piece on this book that basically went absolutely nowhere, but he had some interesting things to say about it. He said, is, he said this book is a form of nostalgia that between the wars China was hardly idyllic just two years before between the, the what? this is China between World War One and World War Two. Ah. And he was saying that it wasn't that idyllic. Um, just two years before the publication of the story of Ping, Japan invaded Manchuria, triggering the Sino Japanese War. So I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting point. It's almost, I think it's Kurt Weiss being nostalgic for the China that he remembers, which is an interesting way of sort of looking at it. Like, I lived there for six years. I absolutely loved it. I'm now going to do a book set there. So now we come to the difficult part. Ratings time. Mm, yeah. I don't know how difficult I don't know if it's that difficult actually say. either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm more, I don't care about the spanking. 
I I don't care. No, I don't care either. And I'm more concerned about the ducks that have the metal around their neck. Poor cormorants. Yeah, that's and you know what? And I and I don't really go with the what the moral is supposed to be. Just keep doing what you've always done and don't try something new or yeah. or bad horrible things or you might are be happen to you. Yeah, I'm not. That's really... a little Red Riding Hood moral, isn't it? Like, don't you know, stick to the path. Don't right. deviate, or you'll get eaten by a wolf. Yeah, I don't know. I say it's an ancient lore. It's an ancient moral. Go out and try something new. Okay. You know what? Do it. See what happens. Sure. You might see how much better you have it when you see those poor cormorants that have the metal around their neck. See, there you go. You might um, need to meet a nice boy who doesn't eat you. Yeah, yeah. If it weren't for that boy, this would have turned out. Very this could have been pretty, pretty gruesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm not really going to give it high ratings here. Yeah, no, I, I, I see what you're saying. I, I do like, um, the mix of colored pencils with thick ink lines. Yeah. So I'm going to give it, like, a two. Yeah. It's so, this isn't an easy, like, Tiki Tiki Tempo, that was an easy, ah, uh, that's racist, boom. Uh, Little Black Sambo, oh gosh, that's a slam dunk of racism, boom. Story of Ping is more complicated. Doesn't mean it isn't racist in some ways. Does mean that it's more complicated in some ways. Honestly, there's nothing really being depicted here that is bad except for the yellow, which, you know, he may not have even have done. That could have been added post, you know, turning in his art. They could have colored that in. Mm -hmm. We just don't know. I did find the art very beautiful. Um, like you say, the colored pencils with the ink. And I was like, well, why didn't that win a Caldecott? Oh, right. This came out in 1933. The Caldecott medal wasn't established till 1937. So it precedes that. So, and, you know, the writing was fine, but it was, you know, no great shake. Sorry. Right. Marjorie. I mean, it's fine. It, you know, the writing's fine. The story's fine. The art is kind of cool. Like, look at the cross-hatching on that basket. I mean, that's beautiful. Yeah. But, I mean, am I, and really the, the thing is, I did read this when I was younger. Um, did I read it to my children tonight? I did not. Uh, I felt no inclination to do so. Um, Are you going to read it to your kids? Not really. I don't really see the point. I mean, if I want to read them a yeah. book that's set, that's set in China, I'll get them a book that's set in China that was written more recently. And I don't have to... Uh, but it could uh, be a teaching moment. Oh, absolutely. it's an absolute teachable moment, the book. It is. It's just... So I just don't, don't feel the need. You, you don't feel like teaching them. Um, I, it's not That's even like, that. It's like with Tiki Tiki Tumbo. Like, it's a teaching moment. It's yeah. supposed to show... This I did a, read them Tiki Tiki Tumbo. Yeah, and, and you explained... Because this, they'd this. already gotten it elsewhere in school. So right. I was like, okay, well then we have to do it. Um, this book is not going to be read in any school. No. It's a perfectly decent book. It is not a classic to me. And so while I, I do believe the art is beautiful, um, I'm going to give that a four. Okay, so you're so my a two, higher. you're four, three. It's a, it's a strong three. Not a classic. Not a classic. Uh -uh. Sorry. Sorry, Kurt. Sorry, Marjorie. Letters. I was going to harmonize, but then I was like, I don't know what note I don't know is. if I can even hold that note. I don't think it's a note. I just think it's like a vacuum cleaner sound. It's just like going in the, in the background there. First and foremost, uh, I need to credit uh, a good uh, author and, and listener, uh, Josh Funk, who in the past, 
uh, had suggested. He was the man who suggested we do the Berenstain Bears and the Bully. Oh, cool. I And during that podcast, I forgot who had suggested it. And Aww. I thought I said I thought it was him. Yeah. Turned out it was him. Uh. Belated thank you, Josh. Josh also sent us um, links to five uh, picture books that could potentially scar you for life. We've done two of them already. <laughs> um, the other three... Uh, we'll be taken under consideration. Oh, no, I think we've done three of them. We've done three of them, and then two of them will, are going to be taken under consideration. I don't strictly consider the other two classics, but, you know. I mean, I don't know if we'll Lonely see. Doll would be considered a that's classic. A cult, that's a cult classic. See, I explained that one. That's a All cult right. classic. Admittedly, at this last conference, I had to explain what the Lonely Doll was to some people, and they were terrified. So, there we go. In terms of actual mail, uh, Michaela writes us, and she says at one point, Betsy, I, I, I personally agree that snail mail wasn't popular prior to the internet, but that's not why I'm here. Thank you, Michaela. Um, she has a defense of the swimming story uh, that was in the Frog and Toad book. Remember? With the, with the... Oh, where Frog laughs at Toad? Right, right. Um, so mean. It shows a side of Frog's personality that we wish didn't exist. And she writes, but I love it. It's the truth. Kids are mean to their friends, just like puppies who wrestle and bite, learning how far they can go. I love that this story was included because my kids, and all kids, got to see that they are not alone in being mistreated by their friends, or vice versa, seeing how ugly it looks to mistreat someone. Kate, you have such a sweet heart. I love that this story bothered you, but... It still bothers me. Here's my soapbox moment. Uh-huh. The magic of books for kids is learning how imperfect our world is from a safe vantage point. And then she goes on to talk about a monster call. Assuming that the parent explains that what Frog is doing is bad. Right, right. Because you could walk away from that story and be like, oh, that's normal yeah, but behavior. I, I think by that's the, what you're supposed to do. I oh, don't okay. think so. I think kids can see. Kids have a very fine-tuned sense of injustice in this world. I think they would definitely be on Toad's side. But she said, um, I'm recently rereading A Monster Calls, um, which was turned into a movie not that long ago. A book I should own, with all the mental underlining I do of amazing quotes, but I think the two really come to mind um, listening to your discussion are Stories are important, the monster said. They can be more important than anything if they carry the truth. That's one. And stories are the wildest things of all, the monster rumbled. Stories chase and bite and hunt. And then she goes on to suggest a, uh, a book that we do in the future. But um, thank you, Michaela. Those are, those are lovely quotes. Yeah. And uh, that is an excellent point. The other quote, uh, the other letter here comes from Lark. Um, I do like that name. She says, thank you, Kate, for liking my name. You're welcome. Whoa. How's eerie. (laughs) Uh, Lo and behold, it is from a children's book. Uh, Two of my dear friends read this book and gave me the nickname because they thought I was like the main character, who is also Elizabeth. Oh. So there you go. Oh. So Lark is short for Elizabeth. Apparently so. So your name could be Lark. My name could be Zabe. What? E-L-I. Z-A-B-E. Zabe. T-H. That's awesome. That's my favorite derivation of Elizabeth. I've never I've, seen anyone do it. I've never heard it. No. Zabe. It must be done. I'm going to call you Zabe now. It's going it. to be the Zabe and Kate show. Zabe and Cabe? <laughs> Zabe and Kate. Zabe and Cabe. It sounds like you have a cold in my nose. Which I do. <laughs> anyway, she goes on to say, I greatly enjoyed listening to Kate Bamone Eloise. <laughs> I did not read it until I was an adult because my mother didn't want me getting, and this is all in caps, ideas from it. Mm. So there you go. 
I'm I'm happy to complain about Eloise anytime. Most people are. I, I would mean, feel. Eloise, Madeline, Berenstein Bear, anything racist, you know, bring it on. Let's go. I feel bad. I thought of a new brat recently, and then and then I forgot who it was. So we're gonna have to figure out who that was. Yeah. Okay. Grown up things we like. Yes. Yes. You want to begin? Oh my gosh! I don't even know where to begin. Begin. So let's no- start at the very beginning. New Orleans. No. No. So while you were in conferences and moderating panels right. and and being so famous, I'm so oh, good. she got a little taste gosh. of the fame, baby. People everywhere knew who you were. Yeah, they do. Everywhere. Oh, this is because we my I not, occupy a very small sphere. Very we, small. We could not walk ten feet without someone going, Betsy. Oh my gosh! Hi, how are you? And I'm like. She said this every time. People thought she was very weird. So I, so I decided to do my own. Am I slowly killing you? Yes. Good. <laughs> Soon I will earn all your money if I'm in. Oh, make yeah. Sure I get no money from the. Make fame. sure I'm in your I should will mention that. Yeah. By the way, many people said they love the podcast and loved Kate. So there you go. Well, they did. I don't know. They did. I decided to go out and just discover New Orleans by myself. Mm-hmm. So I went to the World War II Museum mm-hmm. and I met this guy, Leo, who was a World War II veteran. He was my favorite thing in the entire museum. If you go, they have a table set up right in the front where you can meet a World War II veteran. And he tells you about what he did. And this guy outlived three wives and I was ready to be number four by the end. Nice. Um, I saw a wedding, um, walk, go down the street with the second line. Yeah, that was cool. With the, um, you know, the trombones and mm-hmm. the, and the drums, and they were playing, um, when the saints go marching in. Mm-hmm. And then I started analyzing the words to that song. Anyway, that was cool. You and I ate beignets at Cafe Du Monde. We did. Highly recommend. Highly Super recommend. touristy thing to do, very but yummy. very delicious. I have not attempted to make my own at home, um, but I will do so. Yeah. This weekend. Cool. Yeah. I, of course, had to do a ghost tour. Um, and the Lori Mansion, horrible, awful place. Oh, my gosh. There is so much death in that city. Don't don't go into it. Uh, I won't. Small children do listen to this podcast, Gabe. I'm just, I had in no idea all the swears. how haunted New Orleans is. It, there's a lot of history there. Because uh, they're celebrating their 300th anniversary this year. Which is so cool. I had no idea they were that old. Okay. Uh, there was a Cajun Zydeco festival I nice. went to. We walked down Frenchman Street. I took a streetcar. I did a cemetery tour where I saw Nick Cage's pyramid tomb, because that's a thing. That's a thing. Um, I went on a swamp tour, and I held a gator. How are their bellies? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. It was... I thought you told me it was super soft. The belly? Of the, of the gator you held. It was a little baby one. I, yeah. I I could only hold the tail, and I had him like resting on the top of my hand, um, and he looked terrified, and I looked terrified, and they call him Who Dad Alligators. You know why they call him Who Dad Alligators? No, why they call him Who Dad Alligators? Because the New Orleans Saints are black and gold, just like the alligators, and so they call him the Who Dad Alligators because that's what you do at New Orleans Saints football games, apparently. Okay. So anyway, yeah, that's what I did. I did a whole bunch of stuff. I love New Orleans. If you go to New Orleans, go check it out. Highly recommended. So much things to do. Very cool. That was a town with a lot of personality. And it was super hot. Really hot. I made Kate walk for 50 minutes after she'd been walking all day to get to a party, which was, get this, 
Not air conditioned. Yeah. I did do that. I called this blister Betsy. Yeah. And I call this blister Betsy too. Okay. (laughs) I'm honored to be so honored. You're welcome. Oh, yeah. And then we went to the banquet. Where, oh, uh, yes, the Newbury Caldecott Banquet. Yeah, so I met... Um, where we wore outfits honoring Wolf in the Snow. I wore a wolf tail. And wolf shoes. And wolf shoes. And I wore a red dress with a red hood that I could remove. And, uh, and an anklet uh, an anklet of girl and wolf um Yeah, I had that on the back of my tattoos. neck for, for a while until the sweat kind of carried it Mine off. Mine are still intact. Um, you don't really sweat on your ankle that much compared to like I got your the sweatiest neck, ankles you know? in this town. No, I don't. Yeah, so yeah, I, I so we met the illustrator of that book, Matthew Cordell. We sat next to the uh, writer of Crown and Derek his Barnes. Table. Oh Derek Barnes. Gosh. We were at the Crown table. Super cool. And then I met uh, the Spider and the Fly guy. You met Tony Dieterlizzi. Yeah. Who was aware that we had done this podcast, and I think he explained it because his wife Angela Dieterlizzi uh, alerted him. Because she's very on the ball with that sort of thing. Yeah. So I, thank you, Angela. Yeah, I like that book. I like all those books. People are so nice. Everyone's nice. Yeah, my like, world is nice. Yeah. Until they're not. But, and they were everywhere. Yes. They were on my planes. Yeah. They were on my tours. They, they were, were on my in my bars. They were everywhere. They were li- I've never seen so many librarians ever. It yeah. Was, wow, librarians. They, they infest the whole town. Yeah. You get into, like, we wouldn't take any, we took Lyft drivers, but um, if you got into, like, a normal taxi... At a certain point during every conference, they just start turning around and be like, you a librarian? Because they just know. Oh, my Lyft driver was like, oh, what are you in town for? I was like, oh, the ALA conference. He then proceeded to play a YouTube video of Marion the Librarian from The Music Man and had that playing on his little video That's adorable. And he thought he was very clever. I bet he did. Yeah. That's actually rather cute. I'm going to give him points for that one. (laughs) Well, my thing has absolutely nothing to do with any of the stuff you just said. Um, Mine's a podcast. It's a new podcast um, that I'm so pleased to have discovered. Um, I may have mentioned in the past my complete and abiding love for the TV show The Good Place. Yes. Yes. Um, I think you mentioned that a couple times. I've mentioned it many, many times because it is the greatest show currently running on television today. Third season's coming up pretty soon. Anyway, there is a new Good Place uh, podcast. Are you sure you didn't already do this as a note? No, I mentioned it to you in person. Okay. But we haven't done it on here. Because I only it's only had, like, I think at this point they've done three episodes. Uh-huh. Um, and we haven't recorded since I discovered it. So. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. This is totally new. It is hosted by the guy who plays Sean, um, which if you haven't seen The Good Place, I'm not going to give away... He's a judge, we're going to say. Yeah, he's a judge. Um, He's a judge. We'll just say that. He's a judge. Um, And he has a lovely voice. Perfect for podcasting. Kind of like this. Okay. All right. (laughs) And he gets on on different um, actors. So he had, um, you know, he had the guy, the creator of the show. He had uh, the woman who played Tahani. And then he had on uh, Manny, who plays... A, who plays a character who has to be both a monk and a guy who talks a lot on the show. I say, I'll say that. And uh, the actor is one of the greatest... Um, uh, see, I'm losing my words. My words are gone. My words are gone. Anyway, everyone's great. It's a really fun show. A really fun podcast. Do not listen to it if you have not watched The Good Place because it spoils everything within like three seconds of the first episode. It assumes you've watched to the end. But if you have watched the end, I highly recommend it. Cool. Cool. All right.
I've been Betsy. Oh, I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow Betsy on Twitter at Fuse8. That's Fuse and 8. E-I-G-H-T. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Givens Kime. And our master projectionist is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal.